Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Hey, She Slayers, and welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick, and it is spooky season, y'all. Um, spooky season is uh, October? I don't know. Um, I have these pillows. Here's how I determine spooky season. Um, so, okay. I wanted these black and white, like, checkered pillows for my porch. It, I was getting them for, like more actually for Christmas. Um, and I couldn't find the right pillow. And so I'm at TJ Maxx and I found these pillows that on one side are perfect. They're like black and white checkered and it was everything I dreamed. But on the opposite side, it says spooky. <laughs> They're like black with orange letters that says spooky. Um, and so it's really funny because these are like my fall and winter pillows. I have spring and summer pillows that are like this cute coral. Um, they sit on my rocking chairs. I'll take a picture for you. Um, but it's really funny because if like one of my kids is playing on the porch and the pillow gets thrown, you know, just on the floor and then my husband being helpful picks up the pillow and puts it back on the um, rocking chair sometimes he doesn't pay attention and he'll have like spooky up and it'll be December. And so people will come over and be like, what's up with your Halloween pillows? And I'll be like, oh, you're not supposed to see the back. You're just supposed to see the cute front black and white other side. Um, but right now it is officially okay for it to say spooky. And that means we're in spooky season. Um, but just got back from a run listening to my favorite spooky podcast, Morbid, um, who I believe Callie Horseman, who was a guest a couple weeks ago, turned me on to last year around this time. Um, but yeah, I there's not very many people in my life who enjoy listening to podcasts about murders as much as I do. Like Kirby and I'll be driving and I'll be like, you want to listen to Morbid? And he'll be like, not really. And I'm like, Come on. Uh, this one was just about a haunting, a haunted uh, prison. So it's not that bad. There's only a couple of murders and they're not that bad. Um, but I don't know. He's Kirby's like, why do you listen to this stuff? And I'm like, it makes my day just not seem so stressful when I hear about other people's days that got murdered. I don't know. It just puts my life all into perspective. I don't know. Um, but what is funny is I will not watch horror movies. 
Okay, so let's just be clear here. There are some people who love horror movies. No, not here for it. I hate them. Um, I think it all goes back to Ernest Scared Stupid, um, a movie I watched when I was like nine years old. And if all of you listening have never watched any of the Ernest movies, like very dumb comedian, like child comedian, um, like almost like a Pee Wee Herman style. I don't know. And um, he had a Halloween themed one and there was this monster in it. And I remember turning it off and like I would have nightmares for nights and nights. And uh, finally, like a week later, two weeks after still having these nightmares because I couldn't watch the movie, my mom rented it. And I remember she brought it home and I was like, what is that doing there? And I started crying and she was like, we're going to watch it. We're going to have the lights on. We're going to watch it all the way through because she knew like it's a kid's scary movie. So it ends well. And like, she's like, you're envisioning something worth. And so she was right. I did stop having nightmares after that. Um, which is funny because I'm just picturing like taking that to the next level of like your kid watches, I don't know, like scream or something terrible. And you're like, no, we're watching this murder movie all the way through. Um, Charlie asked me last night because we were watching The Hustler, which is like a um, it's, it's a game show where you're trying to figure out like who's the liar and and the they give these clues and they said like the hustler has performed three exorcisms charlie's like what's an exorcism i'm like uh i don't want to talk about it do i have to answer that <laughs> so i didn't um one last spooky season thing just since we're talking about movies um have any of you people with kids tried showing your kids hocus pocus yet um, Hocus Pocus is like the greatest Halloween movie of all time. And I will stand by it, you know, to my death. But there's definitely an age like I feel like I watched it when like I think of it as a kid movie. And then when you go to show it to your kids, you're like, huh, they say the way way the word virgin like a lot um, and it's, it's a little creepy. They're talking about, like, killing children. I'm like, wow, this is not the Disney movie I remember. So, anyways, it's spooky season. Um, what are we doing today? Oh, we have a guest. We have a guest. We have Dr. Brenna Hybion. Um, I'll tell her, tell you all about her in a sec. Um, but first we're going to do a listener highlight. And this is on Apple Pay. Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. Um, and this uh, this is from Genesis 2E315. They clearly did not want me to out them. So we don't know if this is a boy or a girl. Oh, I'm reading it. I'm pretty sure it's a girl. It says, so much love for this podcast, Lady Kairos and non-Kairos. You need to be listening to this podcast. There is authentic and honest advice in each episode, and I have never been bored. Really? Really, Genesis 2? You've never fast-forwarded? Um, I don't know. I look forward to it every week on my drive to National. Dr. Lauren, you have such genuine energy and excitement that helps fuel my week. Thank you for your effort to strengthen and empower women all over the place. Yeah, girl. So we know. what do we know about her? Um, we know that she goes to National. 
We're assuming she's a female. We don't know anything else. What do you think E315 means, you guys? Like, I don't know. Do we think Genesis, like, is that like the book of Genesis? But then it says Genesis 2, and there's no second book of Genesis. So I need to know more. Um, but yeah, so thank you for that. You know, as I was reading it, I like had my ADHD kicked in and was like, you know, it's kind of vain that you read these. And it's weird that 120 some episodes in, you've never had that thought um, that it's kind of self-serving and braggy. It's kind of braggy. But I did it to give a shout out for people saying nice things because I wanted to thank them. But yeah, hmm. I'm going to keep doing it because I love giving acknowledgement. If you're like, I've always said, if you're going to take the time to write it, I am going to publicly thank you. And, and they do help people find the podcast, but yeah, mm -hmm. that's weird. I've never thought about it, but I have also never been accused of being humble. So you'll also have that. Um, okay, so next week I'm going to be in Clearwater, Florida. I hope I'm going to see some of you. We need to talk for a second if you are an avid listener and follower of She Slays a Day podcast. I will remind you that I have something undiagnosed called facial blindness. Okay, it is a real thing, I think. I have not confirmed it. Um, but like the new uh, CEO of Apple has it. And when he meets people, apparently he says like, I'm so-and-so, it's nice to meet you. I have facial blindness, so you'll probably have to like reintroduce yourself. Um, again, I have not confirmed any of that, if that's true. But there is, there are people who don't like differentiate details on a person's face. Um, and it takes multiple times of meeting them to actually be able to see them as a unique individual. Believe me, it is very difficult to watch movies because I, Kirby and I'll be just watching a movie. If it's like the first time and I'll be like, who's that guy? Is that the same guy? And Kirby will be like, yes, that is the main character. We are an hour into this movie. What? And I'm like, he's wearing a hat. I don't know. It's a little more shadowy. Um, so if I've met you before, either online or in person, please come up and say hey to me. You're gonna, I, I won't know if I've ever met you or not. Um, so just either just say like, we've never actually met, but I'm Jenna. Um, or like, we've met before, I'm Jenna. And just don't take it personal. I love you and I appreciate you, but I have facial blindness. Okay. There was a, something else I was going to say there. Oh, come say hi. No, that was my point. Come say hi to me in Clearwater um, and listen to me talk. So let's get to our guest. Today, we welcome Dr. Brenna Hybe from Experience Wellness Chiropractic. She is part of a four doc team in Plymouth, Minnesota, which is in like the northwest part of the Twin Cities. They are a family wellness-based practice that specializes in pediatric pregnancy and children with spectrum and sensory struggles. And she grew up on her family farm in Southwest Minnesota, where her desire to love and serve other was born. She attended Augustana University, where she received her Bachelor of Arts and later her doctorate in chiropractic from Northwestern Health Sciences University, which is my alma mater. Uh, during her schooling, she fell in love with tonal chiropractic, which teaching of innate chiropractic. Is that what I learned a hundred episodes ago? Teaching innate something? 
That's what tech stands for. She winks at me because she knows I forgot it. Damn it. Um, and how it changed her own health and life. Her favorite part of practice in connecting with each new person, educating, empowering, and providing hope to those who are lost and help them live their most vibrant lives. When she's not serving in the practice, she spends her time at the yoga studio, reading a book with an Americano, plant shopping because she's amazing and we love all, we all love plants, various crafting adventures or quality time with family and friends. And we're going to talk about a tonal technique. So I talk a little bit in my interview with her about why I wanted to bring on a tonal doc. Um, but ultimately, I just to summarize it for you here, I believe that it's important that we are reminded that there are more, there's more than one way to align the spine. And that a more forceful technique doesn't work with everyone. Um, and you know, per usual, this is never to, you can be a flying seven doc. I don't care. I bet you get great results in your practice and you can be a nuka doc and you can be activator. Like there's so many techniques. I just think it's fun to talk to someone. Also, I believe I say this in there, but I want to make sure I say it a second time because it's that important to me. Um, before Bobby Vormans, uh, passed away. This, when Bobby and I got done with recording our episode, I clicked stop and she's like, okay, here are some episodes you need to do. And this was one of them. And she specifically requested Brenna. And I don't know if Dr. Brenna, I think she was a little shy, but like, oh gosh, why do you want me to talk about like, mm, are you sure? I'm, mm. And I'm like, yeah, Brenna, Dr. Bobby called you out. Girl, you're getting on this podcast and recording with me. So, uh, and she did amazing. I knew she would do amazing. Um, she just didn't believe in herself enough, but uh, she killed it. So let's pray and let's do this. Everyone, take a breath in, whether you're loading the dishwasher, going for a run, driving. If you're driving, keep your eyes open. Relax your jaw. Check in with your heart. How you doing? Do you need a hug? I love you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for connecting and he allowing space for people to come on here and talk to us about different stuff. Um, thank you for keeping your heart open to different ways of doing things, different ways of serving people and reminding ourselves to not get defensive or judge when we are propositioned Oh, something that's different than we do or think. Allow us to continue to be human beings that are constantly learning and curious and um, just doing this all together. Life is stressful enough that this podcast does not need to be taken so damn seriously. So connect with yourself, connect with people you love today, laugh about something, maybe listen to Morbid Podcast if you're into it. In your name we pray. Amen. That was a weird one, but I'm okay. I'm here for it. All right, crew. This is Dr. Brenna Hybe talking about tonal technique. Okay, Dr. Brenna, welcome to She Slays the Day. I know you're nervous. I'm sorry. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> so um, before we kind of jump in today, I did want to share with like the listeners a little bit about how this specific topic and you specifically came about um to be the person talking on this so when is it too is it too formal to say the late bobby boardman's yeah i don't know it seems very like um 
formal. The yes. recently deceased ooh, yeah. Bobby Bormans, um, who anybody listens knows is a really good friend and um, of mine and Brenna's and, um, you know, made a big impact in chiropractic and was just Absolutely. made a big impact in life. Um, and went after she came to Rice Lake and sat with me and we recorded her episode at the end, like she was going to be going back home. And she was like, okay, so I have some suggestions for, she was one of the few people who's a close friend of mine who listened to every episode. Um, most of my friends I think are like, I've heard you talk a lot, Lauren. I love you. I don't need to hear so much of you in my life. And she was one of the, but that's just how she rolled, isn't it? Like just yeah. one of those people who, of course she listened to every episode, but she's like, all right, so you need an episode on this. And I'm like, oh, I'm writing it down. Okay. <laughs> episode on this. And you also need an episode on a tonal technique. And I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. And she's like, and I think you should interview Brenna. And I was like, yeah, okay. Sounds good. And, um, and so then, yeah. Um, did I reached out to you before she passed? You did. Yeah. Yes, and then did. we had to actually schedule reschedule because of her funeral and stuff. So you kind of had no choice, but to say I that. had no choice. You really did. Bobby was amazing, is amazing. Um, and I got to take a couple hours with her that were tonal based. And whenever she'd find me anywhere else, if we cross paths, she's like, can you adjust me? She'd find me. And it was like, of course, but it was, she just seemed like such a big deal to me. Like she was such a powerful presence. It was intimidating. Like, you want me to check you? Like, absolutely. I will. And so I couldn't, I couldn't say no when she was the one that wanted me to, to talk with you about Tomo. Yeah. She really had a way of making you feel so seen and so special. It was just, she could find you in a group of people. And I think she did that with a lot of people and make as many people in the room feel special as possible. Yeah. I mean, both you and I were, I don't know if you still are, but um, in a coaching group um, yeah. and how we all, well, I had known Bobby a little bit before that, but like, that's how we really got closer. And that was a huge thing is I felt like in that specific coaching group, no offense to them, uh, but like, it seemed to be a very like hierarchy and like yeah. who thing and who are you having the most important, are you having a conversation with the most important person in the room? And Bobby just didn't care. She was just yeah. like, whoever she was talking to was the most, like who's the most vibrant person, not who's the most successful person. Right. Yeah. That's what I always yeah. felt from her. Yeah. So, um, why don't we start with just kind of who you are, where you work? Yeah, sure. So I'm Brenna. Um, I'm a chiropractor in the Northwest suburbs of the Twin Cities at Experience Wellness Chiropractic. I'm originally from Southwestern Minnesota, actually a really small town, and I grew up on a farm there. So I'm a farm girl raised, but now living in the city. Um, yeah, and so that's a little bit about me. Where'd you go to chiropractic school? I went to school at Northwestern here in the- Okay, what year did you graduate? I graduated in 2017. Okay, I was really nervous. You were going to be like, 2011, like the year, like right, 2010, <laughs> Lauren, we graduated together. You that, would, that would literally be what would happen to me where I'd be like, wait, what? Oh, I just walk around offending people. Okay. 2017. Actually, yeah. In 2017, actually, when I was a student, you adjusted me at a seminar. I don't know if you remember that. No, of course I don't remember that. Yeah. It was what? like a women's based one here in the oh, city and they had us yeah, all line up to get cooks. adjusted. Yeah, I you right. Adjusted. Yeah. Yeah, you were just like slay it. Literally, it's funny that your thing is called like she slays now. Because like I was like, dang, this girl is just like giving the power. Dress. 
You were, you were in like a yeah, tight black pencil dress. <laughs> See? Yeah, I went to school in the Twin Cities. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Yeah. So then when you were when you were in Northwestern, I mean, did I know Northwestern very well? So it's kind of great having you on as the person talking about this because Northwestern is a diversified if you even I don't know what I didn't know that there were different techniques beyond diversified. <laughs> right. So that's all they teach you. Right. Right. And so like, did you start learning? Like, what was your experience like at Northwestern? Did you start seeking out other ways of adjusting or? Yeah. And and with that, like, I didn't have a lot of chiropractic basis before coming to school. Like, I had never been to a chiropractor before applying to chiropractic school. So my knowledge of chiropractic was very small. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I was going through school, I was getting connected with different upper trimester kids and they started um, introducing me to torque release technique, okay. which is originally what I kind of learned. And they, um, they gave me my first tonal adjustment and I was immediately intrigued with how specific the adjustments were and how it felt very principled, which is not what I was being taught in school, right? At all. Oh. Um, so as I began to like learn a bit more about it, I learned, I was like, oh my gosh, this is about like the intelligence of the body. Like, why don't we learn about that? What you mean by principled? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like focusing on nervous system and intelligence. I was like, this is so cool. And then that same student invited me to a tonal seminar that I thought was torque release technique or TRT, but actually ended up being Talski tonal chiropractic, okay. which is, which is a different tonal model. And it's what I practice now, but it was like completely eye-opening and like drinking from a fire hose of knowledge that I had been like wanting to be quenched through school that wasn't being quenched. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it, the only, um, when I was in chiropractic at Northwestern, I went to a Corin. Is that, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. I think, yes. Um, I, I went to like, it was at some gymnasium like talk and he was there talking. And I remember just being like, holy what um and it was incredible and then I just went back to school on Monday and was like that never happened (laughs) because so like how did you um because where where were you in the process do you remember when you kind of like started to love the tonal technique yeah um I was like a t5 okay so so you're like in the meat of adjusting yes for sure so how did you balance this is what I think I want to do, but this is the, this is what I have to do to pass school. I didn't right. I, mean, I was going to ask you that question. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I mean, obviously like we got to do what we got to do to pass boards and get through things, but I also didn't find internships that were practicing more of a diversified model. So like I sought out the tonal offices in the twin cities so that I could continue to master in that and just did my best, got through school, but then I had the beauty of having a whole year of internships that were all tonal based to be a master at that. Got it. That makes, that seems really like common sense that Lauren. (laughs) (laughs) No. And like fair, like who knew, like there's more offices that are doing this, right? Like not everybody knows that. Yeah. Um, now, you know, your Enneagram, right? You said I do. Yeah. So I am a two to a fault. Like I am a helper, 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 helper. as a two and she's amazing. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. I mean, the desire to like love others, serve others, be loved in return. That's me a hundred percent. Um, 
but I feel like I have more of the three wing just because I'm more like image conscious, um, more of that performance-based qualities, maybe self-care. But it was very clear when I learned what my stress number is that that was me because when twos are under stress, they swing to an eight. And mm-hmm. for me, my language gets very direct, very blunt, very to the point. And like my team members like laughed out loud when they read that. And I'm like, yeah, that's you. <laughs> it's like, I'm loving until I'm extremely stressed. I know <laughs> multiple twos and my mom is an eight. So like, it is really yeah. funny where it's just like, whoa, this is like a Jekyll Hyde type thing for sure. sure. Um, yeah, so did, as you were starting to get close to graduation, did, did you immediately, have you only ever worked for experience life or experience balance? Yeah. What's funny about that is they were my first chiropractors actually. So as I was in that T5, T6 point of my schooling, I was feeling very incongruent because I was struggling in my health a ton. And I was like, how do I expect to like graduate, recommend care to people on a day-to-day basis when I'm not well myself? And so I sought them out and went through a whole new patient appointment, got the insight scans done, got a care plan, and I committed to it. And it changed, changed my life. It was the best investment I ever okay. did. As a wing three, was there <laughs> any part of you that was like, this is a really good strategic move to like set up a job? It was more of an internship. Yes. Yeah. Right. I mean, it was more like, I want to intern here. Yeah. As at first, like that wasn't really on my mind. I was like, I just want to get care. And then I noticed like, oh my gosh, my body is changing. And I noticed like, huh, this could be work that I could do for a very long time and not have like that wear and tear on my body that I need to be worried about. And so I was like, I'm going to intern with these people with the full intention of leaving, which I did for my T10. But then when they offered me a position, I couldn't say no. So. Okay. So was there any part of you that was thinking I will start a practice after graduation or? That's what my plan was for probably half of my schooling. I was like, yep. Cause they tell you, you know, associates are going to get eaten alive. You're, you know, you're never going to be successful. You're not going to be happy. And so I was like, Nope, I'm going to open my own practice. Cause I'm not going to find someone I'm going to want to work with. And then the people that I work with now are so amazing. My boss, Dr. Jeremy is, is amazing. And I knew that this was a team that I was going to feel very included with and feel very supported with. And mm-hmm. now I don't know how I mean, people don't work with teams. Like it's amazing. I obviously can only judge a book by its cover. Um, for your clinic that you work for, but like, seems like when you talk about like, when I talk on the podcast of like, there are beautiful associate relationships out there where like you are nurtured and you are a part of a team and you are not treated like a workhorse. You're treated like a powerful doctor that has input on the direction and mission of this clinic. Like Mm -hmm. that does exist. And so... (laughs) So, yeah. Um, okay. So what is the current, what's the technique that you guys practice? Yeah. So we practice what's called Talsky tonal chiropractic. Um, it was developed by Dr. Marvin Talsky. He's in his 57th year of five day week practice. Wow. He, yeah. Amazing. Right. So we kind of joke and call him like the godfather of chiropractic. <laughs> um, but he's actually what most people don't know, but he's the original developer of TRT. And so oh, really, yeah. So- Dr. I didn't ask, I didn't tell you I was going to ask this question. So it's okay if you don't really know, but like, how did TRT and Tulski kind of. Yeah. Separate. Yeah. Yeah. So 
So Dr. J Holder is the, the guy that's kind of in charge of TRT right now. And um, he actually interned for Dr. Talsky and created the instrument called the integrator and said, help me develop a technique around this instrument. And so Dr. Talsky did that. And so they worked together for many years until um, Dr. Talsky found that his work was continuing to evolve. He was finding new findings and ways to like clear the nervous system of stuck patterns. And so he just knew the work needed to develop from there. And that's when he branched off and began his own work called Tulsky Tonal Chiropractic. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So, and for those that are unfamiliar with like what tonal is, because we haven't really yeah. talked about that, it's, it's very light touch work. So it's gentle yet effective working with the nervous system without having to put a structural input into the system. Like a, like a thrust. Like a thrust. Correct. Yeah. Um, so how do you explain like in an ROF, like what's kind of, you don't need to get into like the neuro, like, but like, how do you basically explain if I was a patient who's only been adjusted, like a diversified mm-hmm. leg, wait, what, how is this going to get the, like, how does it, how does it work? Quote yeah. Unquote. The way I explain it to um, our patients is we start a lot by looking to the feet. So the patient is laying face down. It's like, we're starting by looking to your feet because they give us lots of information of where your nervous system is storing tension and stress that needs to get released. And so we look at leg length inequalities as well as the different tension patterns of the feet. And so I don't use these words to the patient, but for the chiropractors listening, the feet may turn into pronation, supination, inversion, eversion, Achilles tension, as well as adduction of the legs. And so I demonstrate those different feet patterns with the patient so they feel what I'm talking about. And so we look for those different feet and leg length things, as well as breath changes, the discontinuity of energy or paraspinal tension patterns along the spine. And we use all these different indicators to figure out where does the body most need an adjustment to begin to heal and make changes. So by finding that window in and correcting the primary subluxation patterns without putting a big high force structural correction. I tell them like typically no popping, cracking, twisting into the nervous system. Um, And usually there's no more than three adjustments given at one appointment. And it's focusing mainly on those rest and digest parasympathetic parts of the nervous system. How do you describe, or how do you explain to a patient that the popping noise is like, I know this sounds like such a simple, but like, how do you, communicate like you don't need a popping noise in order for an adjustment to happen? Ah, that's a great question. So the way that we kind of take this from, from Dr. Fletcher, who's like my second, like biggest mentor between Dr. Talsky is like, Dr. Fletcher is amazing. That works at insight. And he talks about these three different ways you can look at affecting the body. And most people think of the, the first is like the muscle system, right? You go a little bit deeper. It's the structural system, but like what the spine protects is the nervous system. And so like, this is what we need to directly input and you just don't need a thrust to impact that system. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a great explanation. (laughs) Um, does it, do you find that there are certain patients that a more tonal approach works for like the better for like people who really are not going to respond super well to a more diversified or, you know, I don't mean to be offensive if I accidentally call it traditional. I don't mean that, but anyway. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that there's a certain demographic that this like benefits more than others at our office. We see a lot of 
pediatrics, prenatal neurosensory kids. Mm -hmm. um, obviously for those who have big spinal fusions or severe degeneration that can't handle a manual adjustment, that works great for them because we can still impact that nervous system. But truthfully, it does work on everybody. And some are more receptive than others. Um, some people actually do what's called a like processing on the table, meaning their bodies kind of like twitch and move as the nervous system unwinds tension, which is like super fun as the provider to watch that happen. And sometimes they're completely aware of it. Sometimes they're not. So it can be pretty wild. Um, but in regards to people like not responding, like I believe in the whole chiropractic profession, like there's at least one person that doesn't respond as fast as we want or not as much as you want them to. Right. And this depends on their commitment to be well too. Like, are they coming as often as you're telling them to? Um, and truthfully, like the consideration of limitating of matter, limitation of matter principle, right? In that how much stress has their body been through up to this point or how much are they currently putting on it that we need to know, can they adapt from that? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, there's some things that are difficult to overcome. Um, we all wish everyone drank enough water, moved as much as we want them to ate well, took care of their mind. And obviously some people do those things and others don't and depend only on chiropractic, which can be challenging. But for the most part, people respond really well, but it does take time, time and repetition, just like everybody else. Yeah. Um, and I guess you wouldn't really have a frame of reference of if it takes longer. I mean, I am familiar with tonal techniques and I kind of am answering my own question where it's like, no, it just somehow doesn't take longer um, than the more aggressive techniques. Um, and you've never, I mean, you learned, so you learned like a, let's just say like a side posture. Okay. Yeah. Do you ever have the urge? Like if a, like an SI joint, you're like, all right, it's primary. I've, I've assessed it's primary. <laughs> I'm working on it. And it's like being really resistant. Do you ever have the urge to just like get it? No, probably not. I mean, I don't have the natural just like urge to, to need to side posture someone. Um, but obviously listening to their body is super important and knowing exactly what that person needs. And, and sometimes there is a place for manual adjustment. That doesn't mean that you can only have to practice with a tonal adjustment every time. There is, there is time and places for it, 100%. How long does a typical patient, how long is their adjustment take usually? Yeah, it can vary um, depending on what that person needs that day. Yeah. Usually it's roughly like four to seven minutes. I would put that frame. So not long, like not that long. So do you let the body rest at all? Like what is yeah. like, a, okay. So are you like, can you run me through a little bit? Yeah. So after we deliver the first adjustment, we like to give the body a little time to process. So we let them lay on the table, take some deep breaths. We typically, you know, when the body's receptive to the next one, but yeah, giving them some time to process on the table can be extremely beneficial and part of the, part of the analysis. So do you go to like the next person and like yeah. start working on them and then come back? Mm -hmm. How does this work with kids? Like who are that can be different. Um, obviously like children from zero to two, not really a thing. You just kind of like get them, you know, as <laughs> so they crawl up on the table yep. but for kids that are able to lay there hundred percent, especially as like families age, it's like from those kids, you know, five and up, they can lay pretty still. So you said a lot of it is based around like analysis is starting with the feet. Mm -hmm. So, but you also said you work with kids with like neurosensory. Mm -hmm. Um, 
who are not uh, not usually going to lay <laughs> down and just be super patient. How yeah. do you take that technique and approach assessing what the needs are of that individual that day who's like flapping and yelling? Yes. Um, lots and lots and lots of practice <laughs> of learning how to have a very quick analysis for that kid that might only lay on the table for like five seconds for me to say, what is everything that's happening in this kid? Do a very quick scan so that I can be as specific and efficient as possible. Yes. So truthfully, lots and lots of practice. And like yeah. working with kids that don't have those struggles, then you know, just kind of kind of like how kids' bodies work just a little bit differently than adults of like what I'm going to be typically looking for. So yeah, practice. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of one of the number one things I say when um, I'm just like saying in general, part of being a pediatric specialist or like expert yeah. is being able to assess and deliver the adjustment substantially faster like when they are not compliant like that is the big difference um that I'll tell patients because I'll have people who mom will start and she'll be like oh I would love to bring my kid here and I'm like well you should um and they're like well I just we tried bringing him to the other chiropractor for years with my adjustments and he just would never get on the table and I'm like that was necessary for an adjustment to happen for them to get on the table like We'll, we'll adjust him in the waiting room if we need to type of thing. Right. And they're like, oh, I don't know that he'll let you touch him. And I'm like, oh, he will let me. You don't know. <laughs> yeah. And we get those same objections too, 100%. Um, so as a farm girl, okay, mm -hmm. so like the narrative I tell myself is that I live in Northwest Wisconsin and that those farmers, there's just no freaking way that they are going to be okay with any kind of woo woo, not crack them, crunch them, rock them, sock them robot type adjustment. Like, so when that personality, is that like one of the biggest hurdles within like that type of personality? Is that one of the biggest hurdles within doing a tonal technique? I say one of the bigger hurdles is people that are used to more of a manual adjustment, right? Like that can be a challenge, but we put a lot of education into the very first day so that there's like no big surprises. Like we don't want people to come back and be like disappointed. They didn't understand like what they're committing to. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I talk through all those different tonal things that we look for and tell them our technique is different from the first day follows into the second day. And so that they don't feel like caught off guard. Right. Um, but once people like learn that this does work and they feel like they're in that right place, it doesn't become an issue. Mm -hmm. That makes, yeah. Yeah. Then, and, and they start seeing results. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm assuming day one is really based around educating on points that tend to be the most common questions. Can you kind of walk me through what a day one looks like in your office? Yeah. Day ones are my favorite. I love new patients. Like I do quite a few of them. Um, obviously the first point is just like connecting with that patient, figuring out why they're there. But then before we move on, our office talks about four truths that we make sure each person knows. And the first truth is that your body is self-healing. So if they don't know that, like your body has this wonderful ability to heal from the inside out. And it does that through the second truth, which is that your nervous system controls absolutely everything like wonderful continuation of communication between your brain and your body back up to your brain. 
But then the third truth is that the stress of your life around you, whether physical, chemical, or emotional, puts subluxations in the system or roadblocks. And so they're like, oh, you know, never heard that word before. And that can be a fun conversation starter. And then the fourth truth is that your nervous system continues to learn. It's learned poor patterns up to this point, which is why you're in our office. And we need to help it learn a new state of working better. And so after we go through the truths, we are um, huge people of the insight scan. So the scans are a huge resource, right? Of like how we recommend care. And that's a huge you know, bridge for people that don't understand tonal, aren't sure about this, but like the scans can be such a tangible thing to say, we are monitoring your progress. Mm-hmm. And so we do the scans and then our exam is more posture. We do some muscle testing as well as tonal testing and balance, balance exams and x-ray if we need it, but that's typically it for our day one. Okay. So, so yeah, so now adjust. where did this for, do you know, like where do the four truths thing come? Is that a Tulski thing? Is that a philosophy thing? What? Yeah, it's a Dr. Fletcher thing. It's beautiful. I am going to incorporate it into my clinic next week. Like yeah, we just keep it pretty simple. Yeah. But like it's it, because so often, no matter the technique of your clinic, um, you know, patients are showing up not likely unless they've recently moved to the area. And they're like, I was at a clinic like this. I sought you out. Yes. Mm-hmm, great. Most of the time, no matter your technique, you're sitting across from someone who you're about to change their world in educating them of like, we do things different. Yeah. Like we do a more manual adjustment for the most part, but like still the fact that we care plan, the right. fact that is the insight. They're just like, the fact that we don't adjust on day one. People are just like, um okay why so I just love hearing how you incorporate that yeah I I think as chiropractors we try to make it so complicated like the way we explain care the way we explain chiropractic when it can be so very simple is that we're here to work with your nervous system so you can perform at a better level Mm -hmm. because you can explain those stressors so easily and related to each person's life especially through the year of COVID that emotional stressors are so very high for people and it affects you just as much as a physical stressor would and chemical stressors. But, um, yeah, we, we tend to make it so complicated when it is so very simple. Um, so then on day two, Mm -hmm. um, you kind of go over results and go over care plan pricing and then their first adjustment then. Mm -hmm. So how do you kind of walk a, so let's say that I am a new patient, not to chiropractic. Yeah. I've gone to diversified chiropractors on and off over the year. And you're about to walk me through kind of like, do you verbally kind of talk them through? Absolutely. Um, obviously without having a specific example in front of you, can you kind of give me a, mm-hmm. a general dialogue of what that sounds like? Yeah. And it's really similar to what I said earlier of how I explained chiropractic. I do that on the day one. And then when they lay again, again, down on day two, you know, I said, okay, so if you remember, we're starting by looking to your feet. Remember, they tell us lots of information where your nervous system stores tension and stress that we need released. If they have the same leg length inequality as the first day, I bring that up. Like, just like the first day, your right leg's pulling up about an inch short. We're looking to bring balance to that. And so I let them know that you're going to find that we're just going to come search for different inputs of where your body might need to get adjusted. So you're going to find me come touch different areas. And then when you're ready, I'll let you know. And so 
you know, there's some different indicators that are easy to explain. Like if the head turns one way or the other, it can bring balance to the legs, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But um, typically once you find the window of the nervous system, I tell them like, when I come touch here, your body goes balanced. That's your body responding, saying, absolutely. This is where we need to do Lauren's first adjustment. So what we have them do is while we're doing that, they take big breaths in and out to help open up that breath wave, as well as to activate more of the rest and digest part of the nervous system. And then we also have them nod their head because that also puts motion into the body to begin to activate different muscle patterns, as well as make them be the active participant in the adjustment. Because as we know, we don't do the correcting the body does, right? We're just the facilitator of that. And so after we deliver the adjustment and talk through that and they're done, we talk them through a lot of like what to expect afterwards. And so with our adjustments, we tell them because it's more in that parasympathetic rest and digest, they might be very tired today and tomorrow. And that's normal. They might have some of those digestive changes, which is normal. Um, they might have soreness as their muscles just begin to work slightly differently. To open so up. they'll be sore. Yeah. We tell people all that and they usually are almost always. Really? And yeah. Cause even though the adjustment feels so light, it's accessing directly to that nervous system, beginning to activate different muscles to just change your posture just ever so slightly, which can feel like mini workouts for the muscles. So it shouldn't be painful. It should feel kind of like they maybe worked out soreness. They sometimes can feel kind of fidgety, which is normal and to be expected, but we typically ask them to drink water to help flush out the stuck stuff in the system and go get a little movement into. Awesome. So, so I mean, I get this even with that. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, can you, you said something about the breath wave. Yeah. Can you elaborate on that at all? Yeah. So when people lay down on the table, lots of people aren't really able to take deep breaths. And like, what you want is you want their breath to be able to be open from all the way from the sacrum, all the way up to the hospital. When they take big breaths, you should see their breath open and move. But a lot of times it's real stuck in just like thoracics, mm -hmm. meaning like their body's more in that stressful state. And so those are things we just initially look at and make sure that they're moving better by the end, which typically they are, especially if they're focusing on breathing on like more sacrum areas, more occipital areas. Very cool. Um, so I get this question even with my technique because I'm like a, you know, three minute adjustment for the most part. Not the first one, but like, um, how do you, what do you say when someone says that you, they go, that's it? Like after their first adjustment. That's, it? that's plenty. <laughs> but like, that is a common question that we get. And so we even have a educational handout that we've created that just says that's it at the top. And it explains again to them what tonal is and how it's different and how it's still impactful. So yes, <laughs> that is a question we hear all the time. Yeah. Also hear, is this energy work? And it's like, nope, because it can seem kind of similar, you know, touching different areas, breathing, but nope, it is chiropractic. I'm like, okay. Um, yeah, they typically notice or ask, what can I expect after my adjustment, which usually we already have talked about that if they ask that, um, as well as when will I notice changes? But I feel like, don't we all hear that one? Like, when am I going to feel better? Right. And so it's, I don't know. What I do know is that you just got a great adjustment. You might be noticing changes today, but it might not be for a month from now. Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. So um, there is a lot of talk. I, I feel like recently, well, recently air quotes around just the longevity of being a tonal chiropractor. Like, yes, it's beautiful. It gets great results. 
you know, just as well or whatever, like as any other technique, we don't need to get into like the technique wars or anything like that. But right. like from the statement of even if we said all techniques are equal um, and helpful and beautiful. Yeah. Um, there is something very appealing as a female in a high volume clinic to incorporate more tonal of like, well, if I can beat my body up and get good results with patients or not beat my body up (laughs) and really get good results with patients, it just seems like, you know, chiropractors just, we beat ourselves up. Our, my patients are constantly being like, how are you like bent over this table? Like, and I'm like, oh yeah, chiropractors are getting shoulder surgeries, wrist surgeries, like all of this stuff. And so, you know, is that the longer you're in this, like continue to really fuel, like glad you chose this technique or, you know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I noticed that while I was in school, I was like, this is going to be something I can do for a very long time. And it's been hard for me to hear like my colleagues talk about how they're in like pain already, like their wrists hurt or wicked, whether it is shoulders or whatnot. And how they're just like exhausted by the end of the day physically. And I sometimes, if I, you know, we're a high volume office as well, sometimes just like mentally, I feel exhausted from the the amount of like thinking you just need to do. So I can't imagine having the physical components of that as well, because I never typically feel like physically burned out by the end of an adjustment shift. If anything, it might be just like mentally, if it was a very full day. So yeah, I I hope others others find the work if it resonates with them so that they can be a chiropractor longer. It seems frustrating. And obviously you and I only know the Northwestern experience. And I feel like Northwestern gets beat up on by me all the time. (laughs) That's okay. They are not going to be sponsors of the She's Lazy podcast anytime soon. Let's just say that. I won't be. Um, But like, I don't, from like just talking to other people, it really seems like you have to find tonal outside of chiropractic school. And um, I wonder why that is like. Northwestern is very resistant to change too, not to be kind of. I, like, I, I wonder if they're all resistant. Because, because as I was in school and knowing like, this is what I believe is going to be a huge part of the future of chiropractic is this tonal work. I went many times trying to get it as an elective and they were very resistant to allowing that to happen, which is just so unfortunate. Because I thought, well, if I'm going to pay for this schooling, I wish it would go towards more of what I'm passionate about. And I know that there's going to be others that feel the same way. Like, I don't want to go tape, take a taping seminar when I could be taking a tonal seminar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but yeah, they're very resistant to things that they don't understand. Yeah. And things that aren't on their model. Yeah. And now we've just translated to like two people having opinions um, and having coffee. (laughs) (laughs) We've left the expert portion. And um, the other thing I wonder, and this is all just like, I I just wonder, is I know that schools are really focused on getting their, their kids to passports. For sure. And boards dictate, you know, like licensure dictate boards, boards dictate this. And like, there's something very measurable in the like, you got a cavitation, you felt that bone and you pushed the bone in. And I, as a school, feel very confident that you now are a chiropractor. Um, And I feel like schools really want 
measurable stuff. And like, do you think that that's part of the issue is that, that a more tonal technique is harder to measure? Like you are a capable student who now has acquired this skill and you've proven it to me in clinic. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, for sure. And And I think that there's going to be other schools that like, and I already know, like down in life, like tonal is really beginning to take a really good presence. And there's lots of clubs on campus, which has been really encouraging. Um, I think part of it just comes down to more of schools that are more white coat based versus principal based, which I feel Mm -hmm. like they, they kind of flow in two different directions. Well, and that's tough too, because like I, Dee was like definitely not tonal, right? right. Like you hear about yeah. some of those initial right. adjustments, However, and it's like bring the hammer. However, if you look more into Dr. Tulsky's work, he takes the word tonal from Dee's talk about tone, and I don't know enough to go into depth about that. Right. But he he talks about assessing the body for its tone. Yeah. And so we've kind of just lost, it's almost like we've taken the, the adjustment part and then lost the assessment part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's, um, I, so as you, you can't speak to this cause you've always been a tonal adjuster, but yeah. I know that, you know, this being my 11th year in practice, and graduating very much like, like I said, I went to a corn thing was like, that's incredible. And then I went right back to school and I was like, pound the high spot, pound the high spot, <laughs> side posture. Am I a good student? Am I getting A's? Um, and went into practice. Didn't I chose internships based on the word pediatric versus technique. Yeah, so yeah. I ended up in more diversified pediatric clinics for my experiences. Um, and so I therefore became a diversified doctor and it's tough. Like literally it was like, I had to talk myself down from a ledge because I used to double side posture, just double side posture, both to like going to like, listen, you only need you pick one SI joint. If you're going to like, make sure you, you know, like pick one and then maybe do drop. And like, so like that was kind of a part of my evolution of like coming out of a flying seven Got it, into yeah. that. And so, work. yeah. And so, it, so it is tough, especially, you know, we see 500 and some people a week and then you go to these seminars. So I went to MC2, which is, do you know, like, are those super similar? Uh, no, they're different, but I took MCT as well. That's a great one. Um, so took it and was like, this is cool. We are going to start incorporating this. It's hard. It's exhausting. Cause I have all these patients that are just like ready to come once a week for the rest of their life. And then you're like starting to change things on them. And you're like, Oh, I do not want to rock the boat. And so, so just for chiropractors, let's yeah. Go ahead. So are you wondering like, how does one like try adding yeah. your practice is that what you're asking me i mean i wasn't going to ask you because i don't didn't yeah. expect you no. to have an answer to it but like and in a way i do because um the team that i work for like he started his practice in a more like diversified model i think he did more um what is it called i can't remember but he yeah he did more of a diversified model that his body was really suffering from and not doing well which is when he found tonal and he knew he needed to make a change 
but the way he approached people is like, Hey, like I'm learning something different, like just to be a better provider for you. Like, do you mind if I try this today? And so they'd be like, well, sure. Like, if you think this is what I need, because I think so much of however you practice comes down to your certainty and your confidence Mm -hmm. in your adjustment. Like if you truly believe that you rocked whatever that person needs for their body to respond great, like they're going to, and they need to feel that from you. They need to believe that they're in the right place, no matter how you practice. So that's, I mean, that's how I would approach it is just saying, you know, I'm, I'm trying something new because I want to be better and I want to serve you with the best care that I believe is available. So do you mind if I try something different today? I love it. Well, Brenna, tell people like, I don't know, like, do you want people following you on social or if people just want to like stalk you a little bit, tell them your social so they can like follow you in your clinic and your clinic social. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a huge Instagram presence. I'll be really okay. real. So my practice is at experience life MN. That's our um, office page. I don't have a huge personal Instagram presence, so you won't. Just if people want to put a face to the name type of thing. So, but Um, um, I know I know Dr. Talski is getting more of a presence on Instagram. So feel free to to seek him out too for his upcoming seminars, which I highly would recommend. And our practice, um, Dr. Jeremy, will be one of the people taking over his work in the future. So awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much um, for being willing to come and talk. Like it's, it's a question I get from students a lot, a lot of like, how did you decide your technique? How did you decide on a technique? How, how am I supposed to decide on a technique? So I do like just having different representation of like, here's a technique and here's a really thriving clinic. Cause I think a lot of people think like, oh, well, you can't be high volume. Cause you got to spend 20 minutes with the people and like, yeah, you know, yeah. it's woo woo and it's this and it's that. And like, so I, I do love being like, oh no, Nope. It's very science-based and here's a high volume clinic that is rocking it. And they're going to be practicing longer than us manual people because they don't need shoulder surgery. So (laughs) no, thanks for having me today. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right. She Slayers go check out Talski technique. Um, go check out MC two. Or is it MC squared? I never know, but I never know. It's MC two. Um, TRT. Yeah. Network. Network. Yep. Um, MLS. Have you heard that one? Nope. Oh, okay. So in my conversation with Andrea Lang, hmm, gosh, I don't know, probably 50 episodes ago. Um, I'm talking to her. So at Northwestern, you know, we're just sheltered. We're sheltered people. Right. Um, And I'm talking to her and she's talking about these names and she's like, and then MLS technique. And I'm like, what is that? Does that stand for something? And she's like, um, make love to the spine. And I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) somebody named their technique that And she's like, yeah, there's, yep. yep, Um, no, haven't heard of that. (laughs) So that's a technique out there. I have yet to go and look that that uh, training out, but I definitely have been wanting to do a Tulski. Um, definitely wanted to look into TRT. Um, I wonder if Brett Jones and like what they do with Kairos, if that is a little more different things, but like, yeah, I, I Brett think Jones is pretty tight with Dr. Tulski actually. He's okay. taken his work. And so they've, they've collaborated before. So I know uh, there's part of it incorporated, but probably not the whole thing. Yeah. I, so I guess I would say in like closing and final notes, I feel like students get so stressed 
about what is the right technique as if there is a wrong one. Um, and like, I would just say, just play, you know, like just go to seminars, play around with it. Um, and find what works with your body and what kind of the universal energy, like you're going to be attracted to something kind of like your experience where you were just like, yep, you know, and, um, and be willing to listen to what your body is saying and like what kind of innate intelligence is guiding you towards. And then, you know, just play with it because there's tons of options. Expose yourself to as many things as you can during school, because once you're in practice, you're not going to have the flexibility to do those things. Like try to figure out what lights you up before you graduate. Yep. And seek out smart internships. Like unless you are going into clinics, um, knowing exactly what technique you want, if you're still like, I have no idea, go make sure, like go do a more tonal go do a more manual their diversified clinic and like you're gonna walk away and like i feel like your heart is just gonna kind of lead no. you one way or the other so no for sure thank you so so much for being a guest you did great oh, everyone's gonna love you you enneagram too you <laughs> oh love 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 they love me awesome all right she slayers until next week bye Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait.